0: For South Dakota's sports talk show, this is The Nate Brown Show, featuring live callers, live interviews, and thought-provoking sports talk. From the biggest national names to the hottest local stories, welcome to The Nate Brown Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. Here's your host, Nate Brown.
1: All right, welcome back in on a Monday, The Nate Brown Show Live. Glad to be back. Glad you're here. Hope you had a solid weekend, everybody. How you doing? Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We're ready to go on the Monday show, and it's always a great day in the Black Hills. Say it with me. Here we go. Let's get after it. Thought-provoking sports talk. Great guests for you to get a breakdown. NFL, college, high school, all the good stuff here tonight. The Nate Brown Show, South Dakota Sports Talk Show on Fox Sports Rapid City, 106.7 FM, 1150 AM. Remember, you can bring us up on the stream, foxsportsrapidcity.com all the time. And then on Twitter right now, watch us at Nate Brown Show. Follow the show. At Nate Brown Show on Twitter and on YouTube, the Nate Brown Show YouTube channel. Subscribe, and you've got a South Dakota Sports Talk Show brought to you in part by Black Hills Urgent Care, where me and my family go to get better, quicker. I know that stuff's going around. The, the not-so-good stuff out there. So if you get sick, get into Black Hills Urgent Care. Fast, affordable, convenient, do an outstanding job. Black Hills Urgent Care, proudly owned by physicians and local. They're open seven days a week, two locations on Haynes Avenue and Mountain View Road. Get better quicker with Black Hills Urgent Care. Start online, bhucare.com. If you want to check in before you go, bhucare.com. The Nate Brown Show ready to go. And I said, glad you're back. Hope you had a, a great Thanksgiving. I watched a quite a bit of football, quite a bit of football. The crowd I was with, not big sports fans, not big sports fans. That's, that's okay. I don't understand that life, but that's okay to each their own. I got in my football. Got in the turkey, the the good stuff. Uh, spent my time in Casper, Wyoming, the longest stretch of every couple of years I spent in Casper, Wyoming, the great state. And now we're back and ready. So a lot of football over the weekend, a lot of news across the board, college football, high school, and we're uh, we're going to get uh, it covered. Let's look at the guest lineup. Jake Terry's going to join us tonight. Jake Terry is the head football coach at Elk Point Jefferson. Now, why do I have Coach Terry on? He was on the Football Advisory Committee meeting this morning, so the Football Advisory Committee gets together after every season, and they look at what do we want to do with football, and and they discuss numerous things, classification, scheduling, playoffs, the whole thing, and so they had an agenda today, had a lot of items up for discussion Where did that thing go? I'll get into it. Jake Terry's uh, first year on the football advisory committee. He's the head coach, Elk Point Jefferson. Good program. He'll join us tonight from East River. Also, another Jake on from Lincoln, Nebraska. Huskers lose to Iowa. Heartbreaking fashion. A grinder. Jake Sorensen on. Huskers stuck on five wins. He's with 93-7 the ticket. Lincoln Sorensen in tonight. Down to Denver, Doug Ottawa live, MileHighSports.com, senior writer talking Broncos and some buffs. We'll get into it with Doug Ottawa. Frank Schwab, our national NFL writer, joins us right out of the gate with Yahoo Sports, and finally, college football on the FCS side. USD getting set to play this weekend, Sacramento State, and he got, a I think, an easy one coming up for South Dakota State. So the Jackson in great shape, I believe. USD taking on Sacramento State out of the big sky. We'll get into it. Sam Herter is coming up, FCS National Rider for Hero Sports. So a packed Monday show. We'll get you on if you want to join us. 720-1067 is our number. Join us live on the Nate Brown Show. Studio line 720-1067, the number. Barron's Wilson text line open and ready. Direct text the show. 720-1067, direct text the show. Okay. Stage is set. We're all good to go. Every which way here. There's a lot to cover. Can only start with with a couple of things. So I'm going to start with one uh, revelation. A revelation on this Monday about the Denver Broncos. Now, hang on. Don't 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 leave right now. Don't. <laughs> oh no. He's going to talk about the Broncos. Hang on a second. Give me some time here. This is a real revelation about the Broncos, okay? The Broncos win again. They beat the Browns 29 to 12, I watched every play. And this defense gets more takeaways again. Russell Wilson throws for a touchdown, runs for a touchdown. Broncos have their highest rushing total of the season against the number one defense in the NFL. And, and you're going, okay, when are you going to get to this revelation? Okay. <laughs> the, the Broncos have won five in a row. They're six and five. And you better believe I'm excited. I mean, I'm happy. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. I am just juiced and ready. The Broncos are six and five. Now, there's two things that I want everybody to know. I'm not hot take central here, Nate Brown drinking the Kool-Aid, just going to go to town and it's this is Super Bowl or bust. The revelation is this, though. The Denver Broncos have won five in a row. That's the longest active winning streak in the NFL. It's, an, it's a remarkable story from the start of one in five. It's an unbelievable credit has to go to Sean Payton, the players, the organization, just staying with this uh, situation because it was dicey. Vance Joseph was on his way. I mean, he—it looked like it was over after the Miami debacle. I mean, it it looked—it was—it was bad. They got players back. They got rid of a couple of players. And Sean Payton and the players deserve unbelievable credit. Whether you love Sean or you hate him, it's it's the, it's the biggest story in the NFL this season so far. Whether you hate the Broncos or you like the Broncos, it is the biggest story, a turnaround of this magnitude. Five straight wins to six and five, and they did it against the Chiefs and the Bills and the Packers and the Browns. I mean, this is... This is something. But the revelation is the Broncos don't have to be Super Bowl or bust for me or the Bronco fans. I mean, of course, do I want to get back to the glory days and the whole thing? Uh, of course. They are playing six and five football. They are in the playoff discussion. We're entering December, and the Denver Broncos are relevant. <laughs> This is the first time this has happened in six years. So this is why, hey, you should just be excited. I was—I uh, ran into a Broncos fan at the coffee shop this morning. He came right over and said, man, the Broncos, they win again, they won five straight, are they going to go on a run? I said, they're interesting. It's a great team to follow. It's a great story to follow. I never thought I would see it, the Sean Payton, Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson turnaround. From Wilson rebounding to the defense just takeaway after takeaway after takeaway, and Sean Payton staying the course. I never thought I'd see it. And that's why, to me, it's the most remarkable story of the NFL this season. There's a lot of storylines, not one like this, where it was one in five, it was over. And now it's not over. I don't know where it's going to end, but it's not over. And so getting into December, playing relevant football, playoff hunt football, haven't seen it in Denver for six years. That's the biggest story, but here's the biggest problem. Okay? Why I keep, why? Hey, I'm excited. I'm positive. I'm happy. Russell Wilson, I'm a fan. I've stuck with Russ. I've been with him even through the bad times, as he says last year. There's bad times, there's good times. I've been with Russ. I haven't been off the Russ bandwagon at all. But here's the problem the defense is getting takeaways if you're a Broncos fan. And here's the serious problem. This is for Broncos fans to realize today. The defense on the rushing side, the run defense, is a massive problem. I don't know if they can clean that up. I don't know if they have the beef eaters inside of the depth. I don't know if they have the linebackers that can tackle good enough. So the rush defense is really a problem. And I'm here to tell you, I think... It's what will hold the Broncos out of a serious playoff um, factor. They may get into the playoffs, if I look at the schedule, can they beat the Raiders, can they beat the Chargers, or at least split with them, can they beat the Patriots, can they beat the Texans this weekend? So there's games out in front of them. They can win because they've shown they can. They're going to need the takeaways to continue, and Russell Wilson to continue to play well, I think the rushing defense, if teams dial it in and if teams are physical and if teams just ground them down, that's a losing recipe. Time possession football for the other team, we can't get stops. It's like the number one thing you can't have as a defense is getting pushed around and beat up in the running game. And I've watched every game the Broncos are getting pushed around and beat up in the running game, big time. And so when a team does that, i.e. the Ravens, if they're lucky enough to face them, a team like that, to me, it's over. They don't have enough firepower because they also want to run it, time possession, play conservative with Sean Payton's offense, and that's how they want to win. But if they can't stop the run on the other side, to me, the long run, you know, my daughter said this morning, they could go to the Super Bowl. She said, she's only 11. Forgive her. Forgive her. She's only 11. They could go to the Super Bowl. I said, they could. (laughs) First day back from Thanksgiving break. I didn't want to send her in the school with a bad mood. I said, they could. And I'm thinking, they can't. Honestly, I'm just telling you, the revelation is they can't. The rush defense, to me, so bad that teams will exploit it. The game will change that way, and I think the good teams will take them down that way. I think. Are there enough teams that can run it? I guess we'll see. But it doesn't stop the fact, biggest story, most remarkable turnaround, I think we've seen in in a long time, five straight, through the teams they've done it, now right in the playoff mix, they could be a playoff team I don't think there's enough there if they get pushed around and they can't stop the run. Now, if they can change that up, you know, I'll I'll leave it to Vance Joseph and the defense again. I'll leave it to them. But it doesn't look like it. Vikings had their highest rushing total against the Broncos, for example, two weeks ago. Vikings had their highest rushing total against the Broncos. And they're not the only ones that have done that this year. So, interesting football for the Broncos into December. I'll take it. Haven't seen it for six years. Unbelievable story. Unbelievable credit to the team and players. The rushing defense is just a little thing that's out there. Nobody's discussing it because we've got takeaways, got turnovers. This is how we're winning. And I think that's how they're going to lose. Okay, let me get into this really quick. Um, Okay, I'm going to get into this college football situation okay this is a this is a big college football weekend and i thought saturday was one of the best saturday was one of the best i was on the road for a little bit coming back watched the first half of ohio state michigan then i got matt kearney sending me messages saying hey you seeing that? i mean this is unbelievable ohio state loses tight one interception last drive it's over michigan wins so, so there's a coaching discussion that's going on this time of year in college football. A coaching discussion. And I'll start with the Ryan Day-Ohio State thing. Do you guys believe that Ohio State would let go of Ryan Day because he can't get through Michigan the last three years? So I, I just ask that question to the audience do you believe Ohio State would let go of Ryan Day because he can't get through Michigan? I was asked that this afternoon, do you think really Ohio State would look to do that? I don't have any idea what those guys are thinking, what the massive donors are thinking, the AD, the whole thing across the board. I don't know what they're thinking. What I am going to tell you though, Ryan Day has had a good situation, right, with Ohio State. He's, he's had a good situation really started out in a pretty good situation, and you got to keep that train rolling. You've got to keep it rolling. It sounds crazy that Ohio State would even consider getting rid of Ryan Day because he loses to Michigan. I disagree with it, but I don't know how crazy this college football world is going to turn out because we've seen crazy things happen over the weekend with the coaching discussion, which is where I wanted to go with this situation, if you missed it. In Texas A&M. That's where I want to start with the college football craziness. If Ryan Day gets let go, I disagree with it. Could it happen? I, I mean, I've seen crazier things. I don't think it will. Just losing to Michigan, I, I understand. You've got you to gotta keep that train rolling. The expectation at Ohio State is you got to be Michigan. You've got to be a college football playoff team. End of story. That, that's national championship team. I don't think he gets let go. But remember, when Michigan ran into tough times, when they couldn't beat Ohio State, what did people say about Jim Harbaugh? You remember? They also said the same thing. Harbaugh hung on, but it was close for a while. Michigan almost got rid of Harbaugh. You remember this. Thanks for calling your live today, and you go ahead.
2: Michigan would have got rid of Harbaugh if it wasn't the Jack. Maybe, maybe. It was close. close. Nate, Nate, I follow that stuff. I know you grew up in Montana. I've been following the big and the eight. And we had a real newspaper back home back in the old days. Losing to Michigan three times in a row. I'm on some Buckeye uh, websites. You would not believe the comments from former players talking, get rid of day get rid of Dave. No, I
1: believe that. I believe that.
2: Nate, there's only one thing between Ohio State and Michigan. That's winning Big Ten championships. They don't care about the record. They're not looking at the record, Nate. They're looking at, did we beat Michigan and then we're in the Big Ten championship.
1: And now the college football playoff. That matters. Oh, it does. Big Ten championship? No, Nate, that's huge.
2: That is the big dog. Ryan Day, he looked out. coached I love it. You know, ever since he wanted to beat up Lou Holtz, you know, I'm like, you're a dog, <laughs> Nate. Nate, I I made you mad. Have you ever wanted to kick my ass?
1: Back? I don't. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think no. so. I'm not a violent person. Come on. I mean, come on. Who's
2: Ryan Day? He was given the <laughs> team by Urban No Really? Come on! Yes. Come Matt on! Matt Rule would have won at Ohio State if he would have had that team from Urban
1: Meyer. Like this? Maybe. Oh, Maybe. heck yeah! Heck yeah! So you we would have
2: won the big. We would have won the West.
1: You say Ryan Day was born on third base? You're one of those guys. You're one of those guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not over. I'm not over. I'm not over Ohio State. See, The only reason I became a Michigan fan in the last month is people have been giving signs away for years, okay? And all of a sudden, Jim, who knows? He hasn't been to court. There hasn't been a a trial. But you're going to go ahead and cut him, suspend him, because you think it's right. You know what, Nate? If we did that in the criminal court system... We could save tons of money. We'll we'll be wrong fifty percent of the time,
1: but who cares? We my, save money. My thought is the Big Ten investigated. They had a lot of information. That's my thought. No,
2: no, Nate. That's not how it works.
1: The, it uh, is if the Big Ten says it is.
2: Really? Look at uh, look at all the times they brought John Gotti to trial back in the nineties. What did he get? <laughs> like four acquittals. Well, okay, Nate. That's why we have a system to where everything's put on the table and each side gets
1: it. Well, I get it, but the Big but Ten just said, you're done. That's it. You're done. Huh? The Big Ten just said, you're done. Three games. That's it. Yeah.
2: But here's the kicker, and I've been reading these Big Ten sites, Nate, big time. <clears throat> you ain't seen nothing yet. I can't wait for the next two months after the season and see what Michigan does. Because this is not going to go away, they're going to go after Ohio State. They're going to go after Ryan Day.
1: Okay, okay. Do you think Ryan Day gets fired because of this? I do not.
2: Well, once it comes out that yeah, he he started this investigation, I, I, now yeah, let it play out for two months. You want to bet ten bucks? <laughs> I'll, I'll stay
1: away from it. You want to bet uh, a dozen donuts from Jerry's Cakes? Oh, I'm all in. All right. All right. I do not hey. think Ryan Day gets fired. No, I do not. I do no, not. but he should. All right.
3: <clears throat>
2: all right, buddy. Michigan. How can you get beat by Michigan? <laughs> and here's another well, thing good. you missed, Nate. Here's another thing you missed this weekend driving. What, what did I miss? Joel Klatt and his, and his lover, Gus. <laughs> They, they, they were creaming Nate, all through this game for Ohio State. And honestly, I thought they were going to cry at the end. So oh, give <laughs> no,
1: is that right? Nate, all right. got to Google it. I like it's Gus. Google. I, all right, I'll check it out. I like Gus. All right. Yeah, I appreciate, whatever. It. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for getting in. Good to hear from you. Um, all right, good stuff. He rallied behind Jim Harbaugh and, and Michigan wins. I don't think Ryan Day is going to get let go. I think, that's, I think that's very extreme. Now, college football is extreme, which leads to this story. And I, and I want to get to this because if you missed it, it's an amazing story out of college football. Texas A&M last week fires Jimbo Fisher, right, before we left for Thanksgiving. They fired Jimbo Fisher. They're going to pay him $76 million to not coach. <laughs> that's the first thing. That's crazy. Then we go down to the next one. They're on their coaching search. I'm looking at it Saturday, most of the day, Saturday afternoon and a Saturday evening. The next head coach from Insider Aggie Reporters, the next head coach for Texas A&M, Mark Stoops out of Kentucky. So so Texas A&M's going to hire Mark Stoops. Stoops has started telling his close friends, his staff, and everybody, I'm out. I'm leaving Kentucky. I'm going to Texas A&M. At 1.02 in the morning, Texas A&M changes their mind because why do you think? All the reports are now is, well, the, the Board of Regents and the donors looked at it. I don't know if they wanted Stoops, so they might have overruled the athletic director, and they, they might have not wanted to pay Stoops that much like the Jimbo Fisher contract. And so they, they just changed their mind. You know what I think? If you follow this thing Saturday night, the Texas A&M fans revolted like I've never seen since the Tennessee situation with Greg Schiano. And if you missed that, look that one up. The Texas A&M fan base went on social media. I'm following it Saturday night. They're going off. Mark Stoops, Stoops is going to be our guy. Are you guys this is bad. This is crazy. And the mob went crazy. They didn't want Mark Stoops. 10:2 in the morning, Texas a and m shifts, and they go to their former defensive coordinator, Mike Elko, head coach at Duke, who now gets the job yesterday. And so my point of this is. What world can we live in when crazy uh, social media warriors, social media uh, uh, mob gets to decide how big-time programs and big-time universities hire their guys? That's what I believe happened. People are going to say, well, it was was the contract for Stoops. It was the, the big donors really didn't want Stoops. Yeah, and everybody else. I couldn't tell you if Mike Elko is better than Mark Stoops or not. You can have that debate if you're a big-time college football insider. Stoops has had two 10-win seasons at Kentucky in the SEC in a program that was nothing. The, the Kentucky football program was nothing. Has he been great last couple of years? Not great. Elko was five and three and four and four in the ACC at Duke. It's, it's okay. It's, it's pretty good at Duke because their football program was nothing. So who's better? I couldn't tell you. The fans didn't want Stoops. They just blitzed the Texas A&M hiring Saturday night. I feel like it looks like how can we, how can we uh, do things in the social media world, the right thing, when nut jobs go crazy and then we change course? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous precedent. I don't know how you stop it. It's the world you live in. You have to have conviction. You have to stick with your guns. If Mark Stoops was the guy, you got to roll with it and tell people why. You can't, 102 in the morning, well, <laughs> let's go with Mike Elko. Does this make you guys happy? That's how bad things happen. Elko might be fine. The process looked bogus, big time. Um, All right. Coming right back with Frank Schwab, NFL writer, Yahoo Sports. Let's get into this um, NFL season, which is looking really interesting now. Bills go down. Broncos win. Vikings tonight with a big one against the Bears. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports on the way.
0: This is South Dakota's sports talk show, The Nate Brown Show, on FoxSportsRapidCity.com and live on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM, Fox Sports Rapid City.
3: Hi, folks. Kevin McPherson, McPherson Auction Company. We are conducting an online-only land auction on Cyber Monday, November 27th. Approximately 160 acres located 11 miles west of Platt, South Dakota on Highway 44, just three miles east of the platt Winter Bridge. Farmers, developers, investors, take a look at this property. Co-brokering this land auction with Travis Agency out of Platt, South Dakota. For pictures, details, and a drone video, and to bid and buy, go to McPhersonAuction.com.
4: Save big money on all your automotive needs at Menards. Get maximum protection for your vehicle with Menards full strength antifreeze and coolant. It guards against rust and corrosion and features an extended life coolant technology that's compatible for use in all automobiles, light duty trucks, and motorcycles. Get a gallon for only eight ninety nine after rebate. Good through December third. Savings are a mail in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.
0: Americans didn't race across the plains to settle. They pioneered. They toiled and ground the land into the world we know today, creating opportunities, not just for themselves, but for future generations. Don't settle. Pioneer. Pioneer Bank and Trust. Local. Member
5: FDIC. Here's your Fox Sports Rapid City forecast. Mainly cloudy skies expected tonight with a low of 24. Winds out of the southwest, 5 to 10 miles per hour. Daytime highs approaching 53. Tomorrow, clear skies. Lows dip down to about 26. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies. Highs level off around 50 Wednesday under mainly sunny skies. 37 Thursday. That's your forecast on the Black Hills Sports Station, Fox Sports Rapid City. Currently, it's 34.
0: Cadillac Jacks is proud to present the book The newly renovated sports book at Cadillac Jacks Gaming Resort Powered by BetMGM, the book offers every wager allowed under South Dakota law Bring your friends and grab a luxury cedar party table And surround yourself with brand new giant TVs Playing all the NFL and college football games you want to see Order your favorite brews and cocktails And enjoy delicious food from the new Guadalajara's Mexican restaurant Experience the book at Cadillac Jacks Gaming Resort How will your bets pay
6: out? We're all going somewhere, going higher, faster, farther, going in new directions to new places. At Monument Health, we keep going so you can keep going. We're dedicated to advanced orthopedic care with the latest innovations, technology, expertise, and treatment. So keep exploring, keep making memories, keep going with Monument Health as your partner. Learn more at monument.health/orthopedics.
0: Hi, this is Dan Patrick. Remember to catch me weekday mornings from 7 until 10 a.m. right here on 106.7 FM and 1150 a.m. Fox Sports Rapid City. And now, back to Rapid City's sports talk show, The Nate Brown Show. Nate.
1: Welcome back in. South Dakota Sports Talk Show back after the Thanksgiving break. Live on a Monday, the Nate Brown Show, 106.7 FM, 1150 AM, Fox FoxSportsRapidCity.com. Live stream is there. Packed lineup tonight. We'll talk Huskers. Jake Sorensen coming up from Lincoln, Nebraska. Jake Terry's on the way, head football coach Elk Point Jefferson, member of the Football Advisory Committee. They had our meeting today, annual meeting after the season. What did they discuss about changes in South Dakota high school football? Jake Terry coming up. Let's go NFL. Frank Schwab, NFL writer, YahooSports.com. Find him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, always good to have you, man. How are you? Hey, what's going on? I'm doing good. I appreciate your time. Um, let's break into this. I'm going to go to the Eagles-Bills. That was a good one yesterday. I thought the Bills were going to get it done. It slips away. What's the deal with the Bills? Is it is it that type of season where they just don't get the bounce? Is that is that real?
6: It could be, yeah. I mean, some self-inflicted things. I mean, James Cook early in the game drops an easy touchdown, and – uh, I mean, they. they, they Gabe Davis should have been wide open for a touchdown overtime that would have walked them off. I mean, just you can't blame everything on bad luck and even officiating. It's some of these things are just doing to themselves. Uh, having twelve men on the field for a missed Broncos field goal like that—that that stuff is your fault. But it does seem like some combination of that and just being really, really unlucky. Like Jake Elliott hits one of the greatest kicks I've ever seen. Like really, seriously, fifty-nine yards. In that situation, and that weather, was unbelievable. I mean, he probably hits that kick one out of 10 times, and that was the one, and they lose because of that. So, I just, it is just one of those seasons. And now we're looking, look, you know, I mean, DVOA, one of the analytics things out there that a lot of people know about, they had the Bills at a 14% chance to make the playoffs right now. If you look at their upcoming schedule, there's not, a lot, there's not a lot of easy wins coming up. I, they got some really, really tough games, and so 14% seems about right, and it's kind of crazy we're sitting here a team that, that hasn't lost a game by the I, They really haven't been beat soundly yet. They've lost a lot of games like they lost yesterday, but we're sitting there and there's an 86% chance they're missing the playoffs. It's it's just a weird season for them, and unfortunate because they still have a championship-caliber roster. This, this team should be a Super Bowl contender, and he might not even make the playoffs. It's one of the weirder seasons I can remember a team having.
1: Do you think if the Bills miss the playoffs that McDermott's out?
6: I don't think so. I mean, I know that that's kind of the natural reaction. Like, oh, you had this disappointment, you got to fire the coach. I think we've gone to SEC football on that. You know, every loss, you got to fire the coach. Like, I don't think that you're going to get better by firing Sean McDermott, but he's having a bad year. I mean, there's a lot of it. Look, yesterday, there's 20 seconds left, which I understand is not a lot of time. You just wasted a timeout icing the kicker, which is dumb, but you did it. You still got a timeout left. You got a quarterback with maybe the strongest arm in football, and you just decided to take a knee go to overtime? Like, uh... Okay, I, I mean, just mistakes like that, where just piling up and not helping them at all in these close games. Take a shot. I mean, you gave up a field goal drive in thirteen seconds once upon a time in the playoffs. Like, I, I mean, it, it, give me give me a shot with Josh Allen to at least complete a long bomb and call your timeout and try a field goal. And he's not. He, he's just missing things like that. So. I don't think they fire him, but I don't think he's having a good season either. And, and he would probably then be on the hot seat going into 2024, at very least.
1: Frank Schwab on tonight, national NFL writer at YahooSports.com. Speaking of firing coaches, Frank Reich goes down today. 11 games, that's it for him. They're 1-10. This is the big story. David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, he, he's right in the middle of everything. Who's the fall guy here for the Panthers? What is the problem with the organization?
6: And I think you mentioned it, David Temper. I mean, he hasn't figured this thing out yet. He's incredibly impatient. Uh, I assume he has something to do with the Bryce Young trade. Like, I mean, that's not something that happens without the owner, at the very least, being involved in, in negotiations. I mean, that's uh, as big of a move as your organization is going to make under your ownership. And if they would have just waited a year, they would have had the first pick, and they would have had D.J. Moore, and they probably they would have the pick that became Jalen Carter. I mean, we talked about this, that... Yeah, you know, I mean just when you're impatient and maybe it worked in the business world for him, but when you're impatient and you're just changing things constantly, I mean this is I think this is his sixth year as the owner and it's gonna be the sixth different quarterback to lead the team in passing yards. which just means every year he's just like change his quarterback, change the coach and at some point I get right, not had a good year, took over play calling two games ago and it got even worse. So he didn't exactly deserve to keep his job or anything, but I think Tepper is basically a kinder, gentler Daniel Snyder. Where Tepper doesn't have the off-field stuff. He doesn't have the horrific, horrific PR stuff that Snyder had since basically day one in Washington. But it's the same management tact of... I'm just changing everything all the time and meddling constantly. It ain't going to work. It's just not. It, I, I, I dare you to tell me when it has worked like that because Tepper keeps meddling and tinkering and firing guys left and right, and it's just not a really good long-term uh, solution in the NFL.
1: Okay, let's go to Denver. How remarkable is this story, five wins in a row? Uh, I, I said – I don't see the Broncos as a as a big-time contender. The rush defense is weak. People aren't exploiting it. They've done a ton, though, and I just feel like the credit to Peyton and the players has to be there. How remarkable is this story in NFL terms?
6: Yeah, and I, I can't remember – a season like this, where we've seen teams come back from one and three, zero and three, one and four, whatever it is, bad starts to make the playoffs, right? But most of the time with those bad starts, it was okay. You lost the game by a field goal, or this guy was hurt and he came back and saved you, or it was some reason. There's just no reason for this. Broncos' turnaround. Like, I mean, you're a Broncos guy. I can guarantee you, after five games, the sixth game, they played the Chiefs really, really hard and lost. And that was kind of the first, like, hey, maybe the Broncos are getting some things together. But the first five games, when they were one and four, they were terrible. They legitimately might have been the worst team in the NFL. And I don't think... Anybody could argue that, right? Like that, they, they were terrible. There was no signs. They weren't losing. Unluckily, they were bad. They were a bad football team, and it just turned instantly, like with no, just no real reason. I looked at it last week. I wrote about it in my power rankings column, and I, I usually try to find like here's why the Broncos are turning things around because with this shift, or that personnel change, or this guy came back from the lineup. And it's basically none of that. Like, their defense is better, but it's not good, as you alluded to, with the run defense. Russell's already playing pretty well when they were losing. It's not like he's playing much better. It's It's just they just started winning games. It's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy that there's just no reason for this. And it just happened. And, you know, they play at Houston on Sunday. And as crazy as this sounds, the winner of that game is going to be in great shape to make the playoffs. Here you're, you're going to go up seven and five. You're going to have the tiebreaker over the other team. The Broncos already have the tiebreaker over the Browns if it comes to that. Like the if the, if the Broncos can win in Houston on Sunday, and there's no real reason they can't. All of a sudden, this story gets even more interesting. And we're talking about a Broncos team that, at that point, would probably be more than 50% to make the playoffs.
1: YahooSports.com, national NFL writer Frank Schwab on tonight. Follow him on X Twitter at YahooSchwab. A couple of personal fouls against the Broncos again yesterday, and they're in the headlines. Baron Browning gets popped. Dorian Thompson-Robinson goes out. People are saying, hey, that was shoulder to upper, but it wasn't helmet to helmet. It wasn't shoulder to helmet. It was shoulder to his upper part of his body. Is that roughing the passer? What what should the NFL do to, I don't know, suffice the fans here because there's a revolt a little bit last few weeks?
6: Yeah, and I, I mean, look, I've always said I understand why some of these calls are what they are. The NFL has made a huge priority on protecting quarterbacks, and I agree with it. I don't like watching... PJ Walker play quarterback. I want quarterbacks healthy. I want I want the 32 guys who start the season to be healthy by the end of the season. And sometimes officials go over the line protecting quarterbacks. I kind of just live with it because yeah, it's maddening at times, but there's a reason for it. At least I just thought that that was a bad call. Like it's he just he got penalized for hitting a quarterback too hard. That's what it was. I mean, he popped him like you rarely see a quarterback get hit. But that's because he was twisting his body, getting away from a rush, scrambling around, wanting to get rid of the ball, and he just left himself vulnerable. A huge hit. I, I didn't see anything wrong with that. I think that's football. I'm very interested to see what happens with the NFL. If they're going to fine him or, or anything like that. I don't think it should. I think that that was a... It was a hit. It was a football hit. And we both grew up in a certain era when that wouldn't have even been – nobody would have even looked twice. Like, oh, wow. You know, a quarterback got hit really, really hard. It just looked bad, but it wasn't bad. I thought it was perfectly fine. But I don't think the Broncos are being targeted in any way. I just think that the the officials have gone overboard, is probably the right word, in protecting quarterbacks. And sometimes you are just going to get missed calls like this. But, again, I – if that's what's leading to some of these quarterbacks uh, you know, staying healthy and we don't got to watch Jake Browning for half of the season, I guess I just kind of live with it.
1: Okay, Frank, um, you talk betting. So how about this? Tonight, Vikings favored by three at home against the Bears. I saw this number. If the Vikings cover, I think it's the highest coverage rate for all favorites in a week in the NFL. Um, rem- I think it's up
6: to 13, something like that. What do you yeah, say about that stat? Right yeah, so far twelve and three this week for favorites, and it's—I think it's just you know small sample variance of fifteen games, right? Like, I mean, things are going to happen weirdly, but I also wonder if there's a reason behind it, and maybe the reason is some of these teams we haven't accounted for how bad they're going to be without the quarterback. Like, I mean, the the Bengals are just drawing dead right now, they, and they were yeah. uh, minus one. Uh, the Steelers were minus one yesterday, I believe. They were less than a field goal. And we should look back and said, "They just have no chance with this guy. Like he didn't play that bad, but they're just done. Like the, the, the drop off from Burrow is just so much. We haven't really accounted for it. And I just think a lot of these teams, because of the bad quarterback play and injured quarterbacks too, they're just going to be this way the rest of the season. There's going to be a lot of uncompetitive games. There's going to be a lot of teams that just. The, the Jets are a good example too. I mean, usually, look, I, you know, I love betting, right? I've done it my whole life. I can't tell you how many times I've taken a road favorite of nine and a half points against a defense as good as the Jets, but it's a handful tops. And I had no problem taking the Dolphins on Friday. Like, because I know the Jets weren't going to score. There's no chance they're going to score. But yeah, you know, I mean, we're going to see a lot of these games coming up, I believe, because of the bad quarterback play where the underdogs just. Just incapable, and usually we don't see a lot of 13, 14-point spreads in the NFL, but you might you might go going forward because I think oddsmakers are going to realize, hey, the public's getting a favorite anyway, and we've got a lot of teams that just simply can't compete the rest of the season because of their quarterback situation.
1: So a ton of favorites are winning this week. Vikings favorite. Uh, the Bears scare me tonight. What's your read on it?
6: I, they don't scare me. They're one in six in Justin Fields starts, and I, I mean, I, I it, it's not a quarterback stat, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, I mean, everybody's like, "Oh, Justin Fields always scary." Yeah, sure he is, but I mean, he started seven times and they have won once against the Commanders. <laughs> He's there's a the bad football team. I don't get this line. I really don't. I'll be surprised if the Bears win uh, or even cover. I think the Vikings are a really, really good team. Yeah, they lost by one point to the Broncos last week. That that happens. The Broncos are on fire right now, and they're at home. I think this Vikings seems pretty good. I, I can't explain why without Kirk and without Justin Jefferson, but I just think. Kevin O'Connell's doing a heck of a job. I think they handle business tonight. I really do. They're not going to want this to turn into a losing streak because all of a sudden you look behind you and it's like, a oh, Packers won a game, they shouldn't have won. The the Saints are still there. The Rams are in the playoff race. If you turn this into a losing streak, if you're the Vikings, all of a sudden that grip you have on that wild card spot goes away.
1: Great stuff tonight. Frank Schwab, follow him at Yahoo Schwab on Twitter, X, and his work, YahooSports.com right there. Frank, always good. Thanks for hopping in.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it.
1: Appreciate the time. Frank Schwab on a Monday, kicking off the week. NFL writer, Yahoo Sports.com, Here on the Nate Brown Show, Fox Sports Rapid City. Check out Frank on Twitter, X, at Yahoo Schwab. Great NFL start to the show. Great NFL start. Okay, um, I have a question of the day in the NFL. Okay? Why your you read on this? If you missed the video, I'll explain it to you. So, it's the Bills-Eagles game yesterday. Eagles fans, God bless them, they're something else, right? You guys know Eagles fans. My brother lived in Philly for 10 years. So, my brother went to Philly games. He's a Vikings fan. He did not want to go to the uh, Vikings-Philly game. (laughs) Okay? I mean... He, so, so he's been there, done that, I got, I got inside scoop on that, and we all know the reputation. Philly fans are passionate, I like that, but they're over the top, they get tanked up, and they go crazy. So, you have an incident yesterday, front row of the stands, right behind the Bills bench. A Philly fan, obscenities, uh, I guess uh, threatening the life of Bills family members? At least that's what the Bills players said today? Now, take that for what you will. All that stuff, it's crazy. But this fan's yelling at the players, screaming obscenities, going off at them, going off. And the Bills' defensive line goes back to the stands. They get in the guy's face, and one of them, Shaq Lawson, pushes him. Now, a little love tap. You know, I got pushed harder in the Thanksgiving buffet line by my family, but a little love tap. And Shaq Lawson pushes the Philadelphia fan front row behind the bench. Now everybody's wound up. Shaq Lawson and the Bills apologizing today. My question of the day is, who's in the wrong more? The Bills player who went over to the stands pushed the Philly fan or the Philly fan obscenities, taunting, disrespect, just, just continues to go off Who's in the wrong more? Philadelphia fan behavior that led to the Bills reaction or the Bills players going back to the stands behind the bench, okay? Bills player in the wrong, Philadelphia fan in the wrong, more. Somebody just uh, sent me a message. Can we say both, okay? (laughs) I I guess you can, there was two parties there, no doubt. But I've seen this and I watch the video now Who's in the wrong more, Philly fan or Bills players? 720-1067 of the Barons Wilson text line. I'll give you my answer after the break. Doug Ottawill's coming in, Mile High Sports, live from Denver on the way.
0: From high school to college to the pros, this is the Nate Brown Show on 106.7 FM and 11.50 AM, Fox Sports, Rapid City.
7: Denny Menho Rapid Chevrolet is looking for a few experienced service technicians to join our team. We have immediate openings, and we're offering top-of-the-market per-hour pay and performance bonuses. Plus, you get paid training, paid time off, a matching 401k, and health, dental, and vision insurance. Join us, and you'll work with state-of-the-art equipment and state-of-the-art facilities. Apply in person to Jeremiah Jackson at Denny Menho Rapid Chevrolet or apply on Indeed.com.
1: All right, Rapid City, a big announcement from one of my favorite places, Poor 54 downtown. If you're looking for the best happy hour, they've got it. It starts at 3 p.m. with $3 domestic taps and street tacos. Then at 4 $4 South Dakota brew taps. Then at 5 it's $5 all taps and Detroit-style pizzas on special. Again, it's the beat-the-clock happy hour at Poor 54 from 3 to 6. Poor 54, downtown Main Street, Rapid City.
4: At Black Hills Federal Credit Union, we are committed to improving the lives of our members and bettering our communities. As your community credit union, we're here to get to know you and your unique needs. From extended service hours to the newest technology, we have you covered. Stop by any location to get started or text or call 605-718-1818. BHFCU is member-owned, not-for-profit, and federally insured by the NCUA.
0: How many of you are making 5% APY on your free checking account? Yes, your checking account. Head on over to Highmark Credit Union and we'll make it happen. That's 5% on your checking account up to $10,000. Qualifications apply, but it's worth it. Whether you're looking for a high rate of return cash back or just basic checking, we'll make it happen. You can even get refunds on ATM withdrawal fees nationwide or a cool debit card featuring the Stevens Raiders or Central Cobblers. Learn more at HighmarkFCU.com or stop by at any of our branches
8: and earn big. Insurance. We all need it to protect our homes, health, businesses, and belongings. But having adequate coverage is just the beginning. You also need the support of professionals who stand by your side to protect what's important to you. Fisher Rounds & Associates combines the coverage you want with the commitment you need. Fisher Rounds & Associates. At your service, at your side. With offices in Pierre, Mitchell, Watertown, Sioux Falls, and Rapid City.
9: Hi, it's Colin Coward. Great to be in the Black Hills. Getting the herd weekdays 10 to 1 on 1067 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports, Rapid City.
1: Back in the Nate Brown Show live, Fox Sports Rapid City, 1067 FM, 1150 AM. Stream us there, foxsportsrapidcity.com. Check out uh, the stream right now online on Twitter. Welcome in studio at Nate Brown Show. Follow the show and watch us live 4 to 6 at Nate Brown Show. You can interact with the questions of the day. We also check the Twitter accounts for feedback in there. So all that good stuff. At Nate Brown Show on Twitter X. Follow the show there. We got a guy who worked in Philly. We got a guy who worked in the Philly sports scene. Hang on. I got to get this. There's a few that came in here. Um, I asked you about this Bill's Philly fan altercation yesterday. Philly fans going crazy. obscenities just just going off. Bill's players said he was threatening their families and, and all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, it's just just off the charts. So we've heard this reputation, right? So the Philly fan keeps it up, keeps it up. Bills players go back to the front row there. They didn't get into the stands. It's not like, you know, the palace in in Detroit, anything like that, but they got up in him and then one of the Bills players shoved him. So my question of the day is who's in the wrong more, the players or the fan? Who's in the wrong more, the players or the fan? Uh, Let's see what people are saying. Um, 52% vote the Bills players in the wrong. I want to make sure we update this. Yes, 52% vote Bills players in the wrong. 48% say the Philadelphia fans should have been ejected. Uh, listener text coming in from a guy who worked in Philly. Nate, I worked at the Spectrum and the Vet in the late 80s. So don't tell me about Philly fans, but in this case, the fans should have been escorted out before the players even got there. The pl- the fans should have been escorted out. That's a good point. That is a good point. When you watch the video, you guys can pull it up, okay? It's the Bills players going back to this Philadelphia fan who's going off on them. It wasn't like assault or anything, so let's not get crazy, <laughs> okay? It wasn't, it wasn't Ron Artest and that mess. Bill's player went back, got in his face. He kept yelling, flipped him the birds, all that stuff. And then one of the players pushed him a little bit. Okay? Um, I'm going to tell you this. That's a good point, though, because the security sit there and watched him do it. They watched him do it. The security watched the players walk back all the way to the fan, and they just watched those guys interact. (laughs) It's like, what are you guys doing? So I get that listener's... um, Reaction there, I get that. I'll give you my answer coming up after Doug will joins us. Doug will live from Denver, MileHighSports.com. Okay, Doug, I'm going to ask you that question of the day. I don't know if you saw the video. Bill's player pushes a Philadelphia fan who was just going off. Who's in the wrong more, Doug?
10: Well, I mean, it's definitely a, both people are at fault. But I'm kind of with, uh, I don't know if it was your text or caller that said, that the fans, the fans can't get to that level. You know, if if they're that close, they should have been gone a long time ago. I mean, there's no point in any game in which a fan should be a part of it. I mean, maybe a Major League Baseball game when a guy goes into the stands to try to catch a foul ball, maybe. But even that is almost it doesn't happen anymore with the Mets. Um, I yeah, I just I can't imagine a situation that escalates enough where the fan has gotten themselves to that point where they're that involved in a game.
1: Yeah, I'm with you I on blame that. the fan. Okay, so you blame the fan. I'm going to say this. I don't love the Philly fans. My brother lived there for 10 years. I went to games back there and watched the Phillies and Eagles and stuff. The fans do have their reputation. I love their passion. That's the one thing I will say. They care. So I, I do appreciate that. But then they they go over the top on things. But I'm going to say this. As a player, I just can't do that, Doug. I don't care what he's saying. What he's saying, I can't do it as a player. I just can't get into it with a fan, right? I just can't do it. Yeah, you gotta know
10: better. And I think if you're going anywhere, if if I guess I would also say this, and which probably kind of contradicts what I said before. You know, when a fan runs out onto the field, they're they're going, you know, the, the streakers or whatever. Hey, a player should be able to do whatever they want. Yes, to that guy. yes,
1: I'm with you. He's However, on the
10: surface. Yes, yeah. But if, if the if the player makes a conscious decision to walk into the stands, that's that's a that's a known no-no. I mean, you just nothing good's going to happen there. You know. Yeah, and he, he walked and over so the I,
1: stands. It wasn't in, but it was over.
10: Yeah, it was it was right yeah. there. That, that's where I that, in this instance. That's why I kind of blame the fan. How did? How does it get to be a situation that escalates like that that close? Well, um, now if the player jumps up in there and runs up the stairs, well, that's just dumb. <laughs> but, you know, uh,
2: it's, it's
1: and by one of the those way, things by the way, you should have ejected the fan, and the security did nothing. They watched the fan continue to fly F-bombs and, and all sorts of stuff, and the security did nothing. Even after the Bills interaction, the fan stayed there. That's wrong. I think he's gone.
10: Yeah. I'm not of the mindset that you, you pay a ticket and have the right to do anything you want within your seat. Not right. at all. I think, right. You know, and I, I'm with you. I, I have friends that are Philly fans that, hey, look, that's just what they do as a player. You know that's how they are. Um, all those things. But still, yeah, it, it should never get to that. And I think security should should know or notice, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on it. Okay, um, Doug will live from Denver. So I told my audience, hang with me. I'm going to talk about the Broncos. Okay, hang with me because they're like, oh my God. And Nate Brown's talking about the Broncos again. Here's here's my revelation this is a remarkable story, the Broncos turnaround to one and five to six and five. I think the most remarkable in the NFL, at least this year, just storylines. I mean, it's un, unreal who they've beaten, how they've done it, where they're at. Takeaways, Russell Wilson playing well, Sean Payton keeping the guys together. It's a remarkable story. My revelation is I don't think it's a playoff run story because the rush defense is everybody's forgetting about. They can't stop the run. Teams are giving up on the run. I don't think good teams will. I think the Broncos are a remarkable story that might go to the playoffs, but no further because there's still gaps, namely in the rush defense, and a conservative offense that just won't light you up. So I think it ends not in a magical way.
10: No, I mean, I I wouldn't go quite as far as to say this is akin to the Tim Tebow year because they're winning with more fundamentally sound pieces, schemes, um, and quarterback, and I think the one thing you could say about Russell Wilson compared to Tim Tebow is that he's gotten better and better and better, and you know that he can play the position. So I think that the you know the it was it Hackett or was it Russ debate is kind of just showing itself. I mean, you know, I, I think it was a much more Hackett because Russell was so bad last year. And he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been lighting the world on fire. But he certainly has done what Sean Payton's asked him to do. Yes, and I yes. think that's that's the difference in my mind. They're they're not winning with you know Marion Barber fumble miracles. They're winning because they're better, um, and because their defense is playing lights out. Now, the the one thing you can say about that defense is. You can't expect to get 15 turnovers in the last four games probably the time. Right. This is not going to happen. I mean, the law of averages in the NFL says it's not going to happen. They're not the 85 Bears. So, you know, I think that they're a good defense. Um, I think by far yesterday was their best offensive game. So I would say that they're not, a, they're not a miracle finish Super Bowl kind of team. Could they get to the playoffs and win a wild card game? Sure, I mean that's possible, but I don't, I don't see it being. Uh, I think getting to the playoffs is a, is a massive accomplishment even before they started this season, but considering how they started the season, I think it's a really, really amazing feat if they can do it.
1: Unbelievable. And the game this weekend is massive. Houston Broncos, massive playoff implications. Same records, tiebreakers on the line. It's a big one. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Doug Otto will on tonight. Find his work at milehighsports.com. Last one, I'm going to go to the Buffs. One of the Broncos, one of the Buffs. So the Buffs get beat last game. They end up with four wins, and now I see stories where they're losing some commits. They're picking up some commits, but they're losing a couple of quarterbacks that have committed. What should we think of Dion's second year here in recruiting?
10: Um, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to play out, but I, I also would say that, that that's college football now. Um, a kid, a kid is making decisions based on his excitement level at an exact moment, and, and probably either either with or without the influence of something good or bad, someone good or bad. So you know when it, when it, when they're beating CSU and in, in double overtime and the crowd's going crazy and Dion walks up to a recruit on the sidelines and she's sold. But you know, flash forward six eight weeks. And you've got a coach from a, a major power five school saying, Hey, look, I know you committed, but look what happened. I mean, this isn't really as good as everyone thought. I mean, and that's an 18 year old kid, 17 year old kid. And there, there's no way that they can't experience the, the ebbs and flows of every other 17 year old kid just because they committed. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of magic in Boulder and I do think that the program will be better next year. Okay. But I, I I think this was bound to happen um with losses. I mean, you can't keep everybody if you finish the season the way they did. And, you know, I, I think the best pitch that I could make if I'm Dion is just go all in on offensive linemen. You, we need we just got to have those guys and defense because they couldn't stop the run either but you, you know that's that's if you if you win any recruiting class battle it's got to be in the trenches and the pitch there is you will make the difference um, if you're a skill position player if you're a, um, a linebacker or you know whatever, I think a lot of coaches, a lot of programs could talk a kid out of that and say look, It might be awesome, but it might be this again next year. Why don't you just come to Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Florida? You name the school that's traditionally good in and out, and and I think it makes sense for a kid to pick that school in some instances. Now, that's not a knock on Colorado. I think it's a matter of how much you want to be part of the story, how much you want to be part of the turnaround. You're still
1: rolling with Prime. That's what you're telling. Me. You're still rolling with this with this prime. Yeah,
10: I think and, and I think it's all contextual. You know, be, before the year everybody said, Hey, if they win four or five games, that's people forget the the, the over under number was I believe three or three and a half. Yeah. Three
11: so and
10: they, a half. They beat think, it. Though. They they beat expectations. Not by much, but they did. Um and so I think, you know, the, the, the goal next year is, hey, let's, let's really position ourselves for a good bowl game. Not just a bowl game, but a good bowl game. And then after that, you, you know, especially with the, the expansion of the college football playoff, anything's possible. And I think that's, a, that's just realistic. I, I don't, as, as miraculous and as fun as it was, you know, three and one, it, it had to have come back to earth a little
1: bit. It's interesting. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one to watch. Colorado loses two QBs in the last two days uh, that were committed. But as you said, Doug, I mean, it happens. And, I mean, it does happen everywhere. That's an interesting one to watch. Dion Sanders said they're going to recruit guys. They're not going to use NIL just to do it. We'll see where that all goes. Broncos and Buffs, MileHighSports.com. It's Doug Ottawell tonight. Doug, good to have you, man. Thanks a lot. You bet. We'll talk to you soon, Nate. Appreciate it. Doug Ottawa on tonight from Denver, MileHighSports.com, talking Broncos and Buffs. He's on Twitter, X at D Ottawa. All right, into the drive at five on Fox Sports Rapid City. Let's go to the High School Football Advisory Committee. They met this morning. They meet every year after the season to talk about what should they do to change or adjust South Dakota high school football schedules. Playoffs, classifications. Jake Terry's on that committee. He met this morning He's the head coach at Elk Point Jefferson. Any news to discuss, we'll get him next.
0: Did you miss an interview or a great segment on the Nate Brown Show? Just find the Nate Brown Show podcast and listen wherever you download your podcasts.
3: Tin Lizzy Gaming Resort has the number
0: one sportsbook in Deadwood, and it's powered by BetMGM. Watch all of your favorite games in our comfortable and spacious sports lounge with wall-to-wall television arrays. Don't miss a second of the action with the brand-new Listen Everywhere audio system and get sound streamed directly to your headphones. Enjoy delicious food and drinks from Patty O'Neill's Irish Pub with table service right inside the sportsbook. And don't forget you can watch UFC pay-per-view fights live every month. So come on in to South Dakota's number one
9: sportsbook at Tin Lizzy, where it's always game on. Incredible offers continue on new professional-grade GMC trucks at Spearfish GMC. Up to $6,000 cash back on select new Sierra 1500 models. And now available in stock, the all-new first-edition Hummer EV SUV. This is an original production model with very limited availability nationwide. See Spearfish GMC Cadillac online at spearfishmotors.com. As the Chief Buffet Officer
8: here at Pizza Ranch, I get all kinds of buffet questions. Here's one from Cole.
5: Is there a real cactus in your cactus bread?
8: Great question, Cole. No, (laughs) there is no cactus in our cactus bread. Just sweet cinnamony streusel. It's on our buffet every day, along with pizza, chicken, ice cream, and all your other favorites. Even better, at least for your parents, kids eat free on Tuesday nights. And don't worry, Cole, there's no coal in our coleslaw
1: either. Pizza Ranch with two Rapid City locations and PizzaRanch.com.
7: Get ready for winter driving and save on top tire brands at Pomp's Tire Service. Through December 22nd, save up to $110 instantly with purchase of four select Firestone tires. Save up to $120 instantly with purchase of four select Bridgestone tires. Or get up to $340 in rebates on a set of four select Goodyear tires. Hurry to Pumps and save up to $340. Offers end December 22nd. Subject to credit approval. See store for details or visit Pompstire.com. Pomp's. We know tires and service. You should know Pumps.
0: Live from the Anytime Auto Sales Service and Details Studio. Sales, service, and recreation. This is Fox Sports Rapid City.
1: Welcome back in. South Dakota Sports Talk Show back on a Monday. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving break. I know, it's tough getting back to the grinder on a Monday. Hope you had a good Monday. You're into the South Dakota Sports Talk Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. The Nate Brown Show built by Consolidated Construction. When it comes to the best company in Rapid City, to help you from start to finish, it's consolidated. They simplify the process, okay? They understand building projects are complex, so they're going to manage the players, the schedule, the design, and your budget. They'll get you the most for your investment. Consolidated construction. Quality experience every step of the way. Start online for your next build. build OneCallToBuild.com. That's Consolidated Construction in Rapid City. Jake Terry's on tonight. He's the head coach at Elk Point Jefferson Football. What a season they had. Just got beat in the state championship by Hot Springs and the best state title game, I think, in 11, man, for sure. It was a great game. Elk Point Jefferson won it last year. Jake Terry's the head coach at Elk Point Jefferson. He's a member of the football advisory committee, and they met this morning to talk high school football. Coach, good to have you on.
12: How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Nate.
1: Well, I appreciate your time. You, you had the long meeting this morning. Then I asked you to come on and talk more football. <laughs> so here we go. Let's get to it. Um, you guys had a lot of things on the agenda, and and it's mainly it's it's discussion points, essentially. And so yep. as I listened, as I, as I heard people talking about it, let me just ask this. There, there's nothing major to, to change in 11-man football coming out of this meeting But do you think there's more discussion that should be had? Should there be a change of structure, Coach, in in 11-man? That's what I'm trying to get at.
12: Yeah, no, I feel like there needs to be some sort of a change. And, you know, some of our discussion today really stemmed around some of those possible changes, whether it be by classification, moving teams up or down. Um, and really, what I I feel is probably the best thing is you can solve a lot of issues just simply through scheduling and the scheduling process. Of, you know, looking at competitive uh, matchups during the regular season. Um, you know, there's there's teams out east here that yeah, you know that have struggled for for years, and you know, if you can get those teams a couple of uh, you know good competitive games, you know, it's, it's really helping to build their program. I look at a team like Flandre, um, you know, went a couple of years without winning games, and. Then, you know, last couple of years they're you know three four wins and they're competitive but uh, they're starting to build something so it's great to see the level of football going up but um, you know you got to be able to have some competitive games if you're going to build otherwise you're going to be struggling with numbers um, the whole way you know think back 10 years old Point Jefferson, you know, we were struggling with numbers and, um, you know, there's my first year here, we finished a year with 22 kids off for of football. So, um, you know, I've been on that side of it as well. Um, and, you know, the structurally, I don't know if how you do it 100%. Um, you know, one of the big things I really liked some of the different proposals or discussion points that were brought up. And, you know, I didn't realize that there was a classification committee that all of this runs through. You know, so that was, that was kind of a, an interesting one here to uh to run into. But it was a good learning experience and you know, I think there's always a better way to do things, I feel like. And um, you know, South Dakota has changed though, so even in the past five years, you know, the the growth that Sioux Falls has had versus the rest of the state and the resources available in Sioux. Falls. it's, it's not football the way it was five, ten, even more so 20 years ago when a lot of these uh, classifications were put in place. So um, it, it needs a good hard looking at, for sure.
1: Let me ask you about, do you think there's momentum, yourself, other coaches, even after this football meeting today, momentum about changing the scheduling? You mentioned it a little bit, like Rapid City Central, Stevens, Douglas, teams that have struggled out here. They make trips back East River three, four times a season. A lot of money, a lot of losses, uh, numbers aren't great in some of the programs. Is there momentum around changing the scheduling, do you believe?
12: I, I think there is, and I think we're going to see a change for the positive coming out of this. Um, you know, I think one of the thing comments I made during the meeting you know, why can't a Sioux Falls go play a Mankato West or a Marshall Minnesota or a Dynum Minnesota, teams that they want to go play that's probably closer than coming out to Rapid City. And then Rapid City can play the Sturgis. They can play the Spearfish. They can play a Douglas. They can go over and play, a you know, even a Billings School. If they wanted to go up and play a Billings School, um, that might be closer than driving all the way across the state too. And, you know, I I was out in Lee Deadwood for a year. I would love to watch a uh, – Um, A Stevens versus Sturgis game. I think both teams, that would be a great game for both, both programs.
1: Okay. Jake Terry on tonight. He's part of the football advisory committee. They met this morning as the head football coach at Elk Point Jefferson. So here's one thing I've talked about on the show, and you know this. I said, what about doing something different? Not just enrollment, but a promotion or relegation factor, a success factor. How good you've been, or how struggling you've been. Douglas has only won 3% of their games over the last four years. I mean, so, so there's both ends of it. I, I look at that and I say, that would move up here into the big schools. That would move up Winter into Class A. Then they would move down Rapid City Central. It would move down Douglas. I think it benefits those schools, but you, you tend to think the promotion part of this may be a non-starter, but what about having teams go down?
12: Yeah, yeah, I think I I mentioned that today. Is, you know, I'd be full on for I think it's a great idea to allow teams to go down and be eligible for playoffs right away. I mean, that's that was part of a, building a program that you have attainable goals that you can reach and they're truly measurable. I I think back in 2017, the first time Elk Point Jefferson made the playoffs since 2006, and that was a big deal. Um we went up and got beat by 50 to the Sioux Valley, but um the point is it was it was a big measurable goal and it was an attainable point where you know, something for you to grow on in the future years, and like, all right, now we made the playoffs. Let's focus on winning a playoff game. Um, you know, and I feel like moving down and being eligible right away. It's, it's a great idea because um, you know, if if you won three percent of your games or whatever that number that you mentioned was, if you only won three percent of your games over the the past four years, obviously you're not going to drop down and become a complete powerhouse in the level below you instantaneously right away, but it allows a team like Douglas to get their feet underneath them to get get some momentum going and, and start building a program. Um, I am, you know, I said this today again, I'm 100% against having teams move up because of success. You know, I feel like, you know, why would you, I hate using the word punish, but why would you tell a team that they have to move up If they've built a successful program, you know, you look at Sioux Falls, all the resources that Sioux Falls and, you know, that 20, 30 minute bubble around Sioux Falls has, um, you know, with the ability to make a quick trip into town to, you know, the different training facilities and things like that. Pier and Winter, they don't have any of those resources. I mean, that's your three hours, either one of them from Rapid City or Pier or Rapid City or Sioux Falls. You can't tell me that it's a benefit to any program to be in rap- or to be in Peer, to be in winner. You know, they they shouldn't be punished for having built a great program. And that's what those two those teams are. They're not just a, a one and done. They're not just a team. They're they're a program. They're a contender year in and year out. And um, I fully believe that you know that teams have to get better to beat them. It's not a um, oh you're better than us. We we're going to move you up. We need to get better to be able to compete with you.
1: Yeah. Um, good stuff tonight. Jake Terry's on. A couple more. I'll let him run. Head football coach Elk Point Jefferson's had a great program there in the state championship the last two years in 11B. He's on the football advisory committee. A lot of talk about nine-man coach. Now, I know you're an 11-man guy, but you guys are all on the committee. Nine-man was discussed in the bylaws. It says if you get below the number, you got to go to two classes. This was put in. Now nine-man coaches have a survey, and and nearly all of them said, we want to stay three classes. It doesn't matter if we have 60, 62. We want to stay three. So it feels like they really want to stay three classes in nine-man. Is that where it's going to stay? And are the playoff qualifications going to change, meaning not 16 teams, but you guys did push a motion forward to take it down to 12 if they stay three classes.
12: It is, yeah. They, they push that to bring it down to 12 and get the top four teams would get a first-round bye. So cut um, down on the playoff teams a little bit. A little bit, you know, and um, you still have those uh, you know, those 12 seasons, You get that 5-12 matchup where, you know, there's always an upset here or there, you know, whether it be every year, every other year, and um, you're still getting a good number of teams into the playoffs. And, um, you know, come fall, you, you might be an underdog on paper, but things go right. For you, you might you might get a couple fumbles and you come up with a come up with a win at the end of the game and you pull the upset. So you know you're you're getting a little bit more competitive game. So I bring it down to 12. As far as dropping down to two classes, whether that's the right move or not, um, you know, like I said earlier, it's football in South Dakota has changed. You know, when they brought it in, um, they had you know close to 75 nine-man schools, and that's why they went to the three different classes there. Um, you know, now we're looking at that, that 60 range. You're having 19, 20 teams in a class. Is it the right move? I don't know. But, um, you know, you go watch those state championship teams. There's a, there's a whole lot of uh, energy. You know, there's a lot of excitement around those small communities. And they, they, it's not just, a, oh, we shouldn't be here because we have too many classes. I don't know if that ever got said um, by anybody watching those games. And, you know, should there be two? Maybe, but you know, eleven B there's twenty nine, thirty teams in that class, which would be the equivalent of having two two nine man classes and you know, you get some really, really great playoff games in eleven B. You know, this year Hot Springs is a sixth seed and Mel Point is a fourth seed meeting up for one of the probably the uh one of the really great games in the in the championship weekend and it was a four and a sixth seed. So yeah. um you know, by having those fewer classes, I feel like you get deeper playoffs. It's not one or two teams at the top. You might get a 6-7 teams like we had in 11B who on any given night could beat anybody.
1: Do you have a sense, Coach? I'll let you run with this. Do you have a sense for the momentum there? It feels like the nine-man coaches really want to keep it three. Classification committee, that's different from yours, they're going to meet. They're going to have to make the recommendation. You think nine-man's going to stay three for this next cycle?
12: I think they'll probably end up going to two classes. I think they put the bylaws in there for a reason. Um, I think they're going to go with two classes because they can look and see that 11B is successful with thirty roughly 30 teams in a class. Um, they're going to see, hey, we need to emulate that, and uh, it's working for 11B. Let's try it in nine, man. I think that's what's going to happen. Is that best? I'm not sure. Um you know, like you said I. I watched every one of the nine-man games, and they were they were great games. I enjoyed it, but um, I think you get deeper classes. But I, um, you know, again at the end of the day, you're taking away opportunities for kids to play in a state championship. Uh, you know, in front of grandmas and grandpas. Um, you know, two teams, two communities miss out on that. So. Is it the right move? I'm I'm glad I'm not the one that
1: has to make that decision, I guess. So. <laughs> I got you. Um, I appreciate the work you put in. First here on the football advisory committee, um, Jake Terry on tonight. He's the head football coach at Elk Point Jefferson. He's built a nice program there for the Huskies. Coach, good to have you on. Thanks for spending time and, and explaining things. So uh, We'll be in touch. I appreciate it.
12: You bet. Thanks for having me, Nate. Anytime.
1: I appreciate the time. Jake Terry's the head coach there at Elk Point Jefferson Football and a member of the Football Advisory Committee. They met this morning. They meet uh, every year after the season, talk about potential changes, tweaks, all the discussion points in South Dakota high school football. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Hey, speaking of high school sports, I've got another one for you. So hang on here. We're going to talk Huskers coming up in about seven minutes. Jake Sorensen live from Lincoln on Husker Reaction. The lost Iowa stuck on five wins. High school sports in South Dakota back in the headlines in the Nate Brown Show only because you got to keep your ear to the ground. You got to keep your ear to the ground. They're trying to change high school basketball postseason again. Remember, we've gone from this districts and regional play to the Sodak 16. Well, you got the 1 through 16, and they play each other one game to get into the state tournaments. They're looking at doing something again. I've got it next.
0: Live callers, big-time interviews, and breaking sports news. This is the Nate Brown Show on Fox
7: Sports Rapid City. Danny Manhole Rushmore Honda is celebrating happy Honda days with the area's best selection of pre-owned Hondas and Honda certified pre Buy with no money down and get financing as low as 1.49% APR. We have a lot full of used cars, trucks, and SUVs, imports, and domestics. Buy with zero down and make no payments for 90 days. See us at Danny Manhole Rushmore Honda or RushmoreHonda.com. Length like of finance contract is limited, available on select models, offers with qualified credit.
0: CIMM Rapid City at K294BT Rapid City. The Black Hills Sports Station, 1067 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports Rapid City. Whether you run the race, make the catch, cast a line, pitch a tent, or just look good doing it, Shields Rapid City has your gear. From athletic clothing from your favorite team, cold weather gear to keep you warm, to the best camping selection this side of the Black Hills, and the most stylish and functional women's outerwear and footwear, Shields has the widest selection of the best brands in the business. So when you're ready to get out, get in the game, or get going, get to Shields. Shields, we're right there with you at Rushmore Crossing in Rapid City.
9: I'm with Brian from Anytime Auto Sales, Service & Detail, and I know you have some
3: great specials right now. Get an Arctic Start Remote Start System, which we feel are the best in the business, from just $299. From the ultra-simple with a range of 1,000 feet to LCD remotes that have a range of one mile to our drone mobile unit, where your smartphone will start your car from anywhere on the planet. Technology, it's amazing, isn't it? That it is. And right now, also save up to $40 on a set of Toyo Celsius 2 tires, what I think are simply the best tire for our area a 60,000 mile rated year-round winter tire. It's absolutely amazing. So you get a winter performance tire, but you can leave them on all year long? You got it. Stop in or call and we'll go over all the remote start and Toyo tire options available and we'll do it with the best prices in the area.
9: Anytime Auto Sales Service and Detail, the number one place to trust for everything automotive. AnytimeAnytime.com or at the corner of Highway 79
7: and East Minnesota. Anytime Auto Sales.
4: It's Chris Broussard. Remember to catch the iCouple weeknights from 6 to 8 p.m. right here on Fox Sports Rapid City. And now, let's get back to Rapid City's sports talk show, The Nate Brown Show.
1: Welcome back in. The Nate Brown Show. Glad to have you on board this Monday after Thanksgiving. The Nate Brown Show and the drive at 5. Brought to you by Summit Automotive Group. When it comes to pre-owned selection in Rapid City, take a look. SummitAutoGRP.com. Start there but then experience the Summit Difference. Car buying built around you, the right financing for you and your family. You find the right vehicle, you get to the right situation. The Summit Difference, SummitAutoGRP.com. Start there. The drive at 5 of the Nate Brown Show with Jake Sorensen coming up from Lincoln, Nebraska. 93.7 the ticket. What's the reaction for the Huskers? Where are they going from here? Five wins. Couldn't quite get to the bowl eligibility. Get beat by Iowa. Jake Sorensen and coming up from Lincoln on the Huskers. FCS college football playoffs getting interesting this weekend. South Dakota taking on Sacramento State. South Dakota State in good shape with Mercer coming in. Sam Herter, FCS national writer on the FCS playoffs. And FCS football losing another team today. They're going to jump to the FBS. We'll get into it. Sam Herder's coming up. Okay, um, I want to get to this really quick. We talked high school football because that was what was on the docket at the football advisory committee today. They had their meeting. And then these other sports have their meetings. So coming up this week is volleyball. Now, what's going on? Volleyball advisory committee, the same story like football. It's coaches, administrators, ADs. They talk about, should we tweak anything? Should we change the postseason? All, all of that stuff. It's it's good stuff. So football had theirs today. I just had Jake Terry on, if you missed it, from Elk Point Jefferson. We, we got into the stuff they hit on. Now I'm going to go to volleyball slash basketball. So basketball season's underway, right? Teams are practicing. First game for the Stevens girls is next week? Next Monday? Already? Okay, so basketball's underway. Here's the proposal that's coming to the volleyball meeting slash they want to do it in basketball as well. So this is a volleyball slash basketball uh, proposal. You know how it goes in the postseason now. If you don't, here's how it works. So double A basketball, the big school, Stevens Central, okay? They play out the regular season. You have seed points and you follow along. And then there's no more districts. No, none of that. So we used to have Steven Central playing a district championship, another third round of the Rapid City Rivalry. The place would be packed. The winner would go to the state tournament. I like that format. I'm biased. I'm West River. I liked how that went. Great for the schools, great for the players, and you get a team into the state tournament after a district championship, a great environment. They tweaked it. They changed it. I've lived with it. I don't love it. Some people like the SODAC 16. So instead of playing districts now, district tournaments, you just seed them one through 16, and it's the crapshoot one-game winner. If you win your matchup in the one through 16, you make the state tournament. You don't have to win a couple of games, you don't have to go through your district championship or work back through the regional uh, uh, game. So, So we go one through 16, the winners of those, there's your eight, you're in the state tournament. They also do that Class A and B a little bit differently. You play a little region stuff first, and then it comes down to the final two teams in your region. They go SODAC 16, you're following it. The one-game winner, you're in in Class A and B. Here's the change that pro- uh, that the proposal is saying for volleyball and basketball. Instead of now even keeping it regional action, For the top two teams in each region to make the Sodak 16. They want to go in class A and B, just take it statewide and go one through 32. So, so no more regions at all. No more St. Thomas More, Rapid City Christian regional champion, or regional top two. They would essentially put St. Thomas More and Rapid City Christian, well, wherever you're seated. You're going to play whoever from East River or wherever the one game winner of that then we'll take it down to 16 then we'll take those to the state championship or to the state tournament. My argument is this. We are still getting great teams into the state A and state B volleyball and basketball. You're still whittling it down from the region top 2 teams. They then go to the Sodak 16. The winners of those games does not guarantee a region into the state tournament. You're following, right? It's not like we're guaranteeing a region like, oh, we're going to guarantee Rapid City Christian or St. Thomas More makes the state eight tournament. That's not the case because you've got to win your SODAC 16 game. But there's a push to keep this going. Expand it. Don't even let the regions face off in the SODAC 16. Let's just go one through 32. Because there's tough regions back East River, and teams don't think they can get out of them. The teams think, I don't want to get through Sioux Falls Christian and Madison and Dell Rapids. I don't want to get through that because I can't even make the Sodak 16. But I never remember years ago anybody East River worried about St. Thomas More, Red Cloud, Custer, all in the same region. You remember St. Thomas More, Custer, Red Cloud? remember some of those basketball teams? I don't remember anybody worried that we were getting left out of the State A tournament. We had top teams when Custer and St. Thomas More would do battle. St. Thomas More and Red Cloud would do battle. Top teams in Class A. And nobody back East River said, yeah, those West River teams are really good. They're all in the same region. That's too bad. Only a couple of them are going to make it out of there, maybe. Maybe one. But now East River teams are, well, we're, we're in a tough region. Let's just, let's just lay it all out. 1 through 32, so we don't have to worry about the regions. Let's just lay it out. 1 through 32 to see how many East River teams we can get in the state tournament. Let, let's just let's lay that out. We already break it down to the Sodax 16. Each region is not guaranteed a spot in the state tournament. You're going to get the best eight there. What do they always tell me? If you can't get out of your region, you just need to improve. You need to get better. That's what they always tell me about our football teams out here. They say, you got to get better, sorry. But now we're trying to, another proposal, one through 32. Let's seat about one through 32. And we've already tried it and it hasn't worked. Meaning they've tried the proposal. People have not brought it forward to keep this thing going. I believe it's fine where it's at. Sodak 16 still gets the best eight. If you can't get out of your region to get into the top two, I don't think you're going to make the state tournament. Back with Jake Sorensen next from Lincoln, Nebraska,
4: talking Huskers on the way. You're listening to The Nate Brown Show. Save big money right now at Menards. Keep your devices powered with Energizer Max batteries. They deliver consistent performance and have lasting power. Max Technology provides a 10-year shelf life. Energizer batteries are a great stocking stuffer or a companion gift to go with your battery-powered electronics. Pick up a 16-pack of AA or AAA batteries for just $9.99 each. Plus, a Menards gift card always makes a great gift idea. Prices good through December 3rd.
3: Boys, Hi, folks. Kevin McPherson, McPherson Auction Company. We are conducting an online-only land auction on Cyber Monday, November 27th. Approximately 160 acres located 11 miles west of Platt, South Dakota on Highway 44, just three miles east of the platt Winter Bridge. Farmers, developers, investors, take a look at this property. Co-brokering this land auction with Travis Agency out of Platt, South Dakota. For pictures, details, and a drone video, and to bid and buy, go to McPhersonAuction.com.
5: Stay warm and relaxed this holiday season with a spa from Splash City. Buy any Jacuzzi, American Whirlpool Spa, or Swim Spa, and get an instant huge rebate with 0% financing for 60 months. Get your game on this holiday season with Splash City. Buy any Brunswick pool table or shuffleboard and get a free gift. Choose from our selection of ping pong tables, wall racks, or pub table and chairs. Splash City, your destination for fun this holiday season. Splash City on Omaha in Rapid City.
6: Warren Chemical and Equipment Company reminds you fall is not the time to be backing off on your lawn care. In fact, it's a very important time of the season for your lawn. First off, fall is the most important time to fertilize
0: your lawn. We recommend Warren's Best Lawn Fertilizer. It's specially formulated for Black Hill soils. Fall is also a great time to get control of those lawn weeds with the right lawn herbicide that
9: you need for fall weed control. Or you can call Warren Chemical for custom application. Give us a call. Warren Chemical and Equipment Company, 342 342- Seventy-six forty-four.
7: Hi, this is Shane Griffin. I'm part of the Wilducks Real Estate team. I know what it's like looking for a new home or your family's first home in the Black Hills. That's why I specialize in helping the first-time homebuyer make their dream of home ownership a reality. I'm also a veteran, and I'm proud to serve military members in the Black Hills. Our team at Will Dixon Real Estate has great relationships with local lenders. Whether you're looking at buying or selling, just Google Shane Griffin Keller Williams. That's Shane Griffin at Keller Williams to take your first step into your new home.
0: Live from the Anytime Auto Sales Service and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and recreation. This is Fox Sports Rapid City.
1: Welcome back in the Nate Brown Show Live. Fox Sports Rapid City fired up on this Monday after Thanksgiving you would think, well, I mean I haven't been able to talk to, you know sports for about five days I'll pent up up rage (laughs) It's all good, man. South Dakota Sports Talk Show. Listener text coming in on South Dakota High School Basketball and Volleyball I stand with Nate Brown on District Play for Basketball Volleyball Yes, sir. Thank you and we lost. Uh, anyway, but uh, I don't think district Place coming back. I wish. What I'm trying to tell you is let's not change it anymore. We already got the Sodak 16. One through 16 seeds for basketball. Seeded out. The top eight make the state tournament. It, it's fine. They're trying to now take it the top 32 and go statewide for Class A and B basketball and volleyball. And, and I'm going... It's fine to take the region's top two. Go to the Sodak 16. We're going to get great teams for the state tournament. We don't need to go one through 32 because we're worried about some regions being too hard for teams. Um, All right. Jake Sorensen's on tonight from Lincoln, Nebraska, hanging in. He's on in the mornings. 93-7 the ticket. Sorensen and Sipple down there. They're brand new studios. Jeez, it's good stuff. 937 Jake Sorensen. He's on X Twitter. Huskers lose to Iowa, stuck on five wins. What was your rest of your weekend like, Jake?
11: Well, uh, I guess it is Nate. Thank goodness the Dolphins won. Uh am <laughs> a big die- die- hard Miami Dolphins fan, so thank goodness for those guys and then uh, Nebraska basketball is 7 and 0. So for the per- for the first time since 1992-93. So we'll take that as a win with a nice win on Sunday against a bad Cal State Fullerton team, but uh, I would say if we didn't have those it'd be a very very rough weekend for me.
1: Okay. Uh, but thank you. How, those two, schools, uh, or those okay. two teams. How disappointed are the Husker football fans on your show uh, this morning?
11: Let, let's think about this, Nate. Go back to the end of October. Nebraska is probably maybe a surprising, but they're they're five and three. They beat Purdue 31-14 in Lincoln. It was an ugly game, but they won by seventeen. Next week you got Michigan State, who's lost six straight games. All right, let's win that game and get ball eligible eligible. Nope, lost that game twenty to seventeen nervous energy comes into the fans and for good reason because they lose to Maryland thirteen to ten, Wisconsin in overtime and then again thirteen ten to Iowa. So with with the way October ended, knowing you needed one game to get to a bowl game and losing all four, it is uh it's rough. Fans are trying to rationalize and say, well, we didn't have high expectations I'm like, hang on a second. You were five and three. Don't forget where you were at. So I might be more critical of the season than others
1: are, but... Oh, you are, um, okay. But but I can't categorize it as as a meltdown. The reason I say that, and I'm watching the Huskers, not as in-depth as you, but I don't see a meltdown. I see a bad quarterback situation that they could not overcome. Is that too easy on it?
11: Uh, that's probably a good way to describe it. I mean, the, the sad thing is this, this defense was good enough to win eight or nine games, and it, it just it, it, they won five. And it, it's unfortunate. Same thing happened last year. They were probably – they figured out for the first four games they were a good defense, and it was too late. Um, but, no, the quarterback situation was was troublesome. You know, Jeff Sims was the guy off the bat, and that was a mistake. You know, he had so many turnover issues at Georgia Tech that that's just who he is. You think, think sometimes you can fix a quarterback, but in his case, you can't. And uh, he was benched for good reason with injury and then never came back after the injury. Uh, when he did, in the minimal playing time, he was not good with turnovers. But Heinrich Carberg had a good stretch of play in October, uh, late September also. But he's just not a great quarterback in terms of passing. He's 50% accuracy. It's what he was in high school, also at a small uh, school here in Nebraska. So got kind of a funky uh, Matt Stafford delivery, but not quite the same. Talent as Matt Stafford. Let's go with that. And Chubba Purdy was banged up all year. Had kind of a groin injury. Played well against Wisconsin, that 14 zip, and uh, things fell apart. And then you know, as the, the crippling pick against Iowa to end the game. So I think you're right that the quarterback let Nebraska down. But here's a stat for you, Nate. This, this is going to shock you. Nebraska this year had 30 turnovers, worst in the country, mm. and 20 24 of those were courtesy of the quarterback either a fumble or an interception via the quarterback.
3: Worst
1: in the country. Worst in the country. Uh, that's a killer. By the way, here's the one thing I'm with you on. It may be more things, but the one thing I'm with you on, and I don't know if Husker fans maybe realize this. They're smart. A lot of them have to. So the Huskers stuck on five wins. They lose to Iowa. It was close. I, I understand. But you went back all the way October, couldn't get past the five wins. The schedule was easy. I mean, yep. it's not going to get much easier. That's the killer. What does Matt Rule say about that?
11: Well, I think he's got to be positive. You know, I think as a fan, you see that you say, "Wow, it can't get much easier." But I got to tell you, Nate, if you if, during your break look up Nebraska's schedule in 2024, it's it's pretty easy until the, the last five games. There, if Nebraska has finds a competent quarterback, and this defense will be mostly intact. There's a couple guys at graduation, but. Um, there's a real path to seven and zero. You might laugh and say, "Okay, Jake, whatever." Mm-hmm. They play U. They play their first four games are home. They play UTEP. They play Colorado, who of course fell apart. They play Northern Iowa. They play Illinois. The first four games, those are all at home. They go to Purdue. They come back uh, and they play Indiana, and then they play Rutgers. So I mean, there's there's a path to seven and zero if they find a competent quarterback. But that's a huge if, knowing that they messed up badly this year in that regard, but you've probably seen this all throughout the day on Twitter. There's great quarterbacks going, going the portal yeah. all over the country. Yeah. Will Rogers, uh, the quarterback, Will Howard at, at Kansas State in the portal. So they're going to have plenty of options to find somebody, but you got to find the right fit. And for crying out loud, can we reduce the turnovers to a respectable <laughs> amount?
1: Jake Sartson on uh, three seven. The Ticket, his show on in the mornings. He's out of Lincoln, Nebraska, former Husker alum. Um so Will Howard I was going to ask you about that. He hit the portal this afternoon. This is the Kansas State quarterback. Won the Big 12 or, or well, I should say got to the Big 12 title there 2022. And that's a big name is Will Howard a guy Jake Sorensen, would say if you can get Will Howard for the Huskers you got to get him.
11: Yes. 100% yes. Now I think I hope they vet the process and go through a couple of guys but Will Howard Number one, he's played these conditions. Kansas State's basically Lincoln-Nebraska. You know, it's, it's cold there. It snows. It's, it's windy. It's rainy. Uh, the Big 12, I know, is kind of seen as not a physical conference, but there's some tough teams in that conference. And, and K-State's one of those teams that Nebraska would love to be like, a physical team that has a good defense, that runs the ball well. And Will Howard is way better than any option Nebraska has at quarterback right now. So if that was an option, I would say sign me up, Every day of the week. Okay. Uh, and then, um,
1: Do we have any idea a type of um, school that Will Howard, a guy at that level, it's hard for me to determine. Jake's like, would he go to Nebraska? It feels like, I hate to say, like Nebraska's not on his list. Is that off the mark?
11: No, I think it's on the list. I mean, I think that uh, NIL is, is a big deal, and, and obviously a lot of schools have good NIL programs. I think Nebraska is far better than Kansas State in terms of playing, you know, you know, getting players played. So, if that's the ultimate goal for it, Will, is to, is to find a place that is still in a Power Five conference that can get decent money, decent exposure. Nebraska is a great fit. I mean, this this is a program that has a good defense, so how, that you know can win you games. They have young receivers that are talented. They just need a little more, uh, you know, experience. They're going to get some guys in the portal. So, if I will Howard, I, I, I view Nebraska as a great destination to to potentially go out with a bang. You know, I mentioned that soft schedule. You know, that's not overly overwhelming for somebody to come in here. He could be seen as a hero at Nebraska if we're getting the first bowl game since 2016 just by you know, being competent at that position.
1: Kansas State quarterback, Will Howard, grad transfer. Okay, So it's not like he's like, oh, I'm unhappy or, or whatever. It's a grad right. transfer out of K-State. Uh, he mm-hmm. hits the portal. Four-year starter for the Wildcats. Uh, he, he hits the transfer portal right now this afternoon. Jake Sorensen on tonight from 93.7 The Ticket. Lincoln, what would be your grade on Matt Rule's season? Gets the five wins, no bowl, tough Way to end the season down the stretch.
11: Well, I say this: there's, there's two grades. If, if we're looking at the end of October at five and three, I'm giving him an A minus, and I'm happy to say this is great. And I, I'm telling you, Nate, I, I've been the most critical I think guy in the media I've seen in terms of grading this guy. I'm giving him a C minus though. I mean, he went from an A minus to a C minus, and if he had simply just won one game in November, it's probably a B to a B plus. So the bowl game's not important. To you. It is. I mean, again, the, Nebraska is a team that was not – I mean, they have flaws. They'll give you, they have flaws they was, uh, for obvious reasons. Their offense was very flawed. But this defense was good enough. I look at Iowa. I think Nebraska's defense is very similar and competent to Iowa. They just force more turnovers. And Iowa's 10-2. and I was 10 and, two. and is their quarterback that good? And the answer is no. Deacon Hill – is, is obviously a backup that is more of a fullback playing quarterback because of the injury to McNamara. but they found a way to be ten and two with a low scoring team that relied on defense. So, so yeah, I, I think this defense could have helped Nebraska and, and, and could have got them, um, you know, more wins. So because of that and the fact they just didn't do it, I got to go to a C minus because this, this, you said it yourself earlier. This was such an easy schedule and they blew it. And November has been so crippling for this program. Ever since the Mike Riley days, uh, they just have, you know, Mike Riley, Scott Frost, now Matt Rule, have just suffered horribly in this month, and it happened again. And because that trend continued, I have to dock him all the way under with Steve Myers. I have to.
1: Okay, um, that's a fall-off in the second semester. I hope my daughter doesn't have that in school. That's a, <laughs> that's a fall-off. Um, yes. Last one, Jake. If Michigan goes on to win the national championship, Big Ten, Michigan story this year. What's the reaction from you? What, what should we remember? I
11: would, I would just laugh, I think. I mean, if, if, if Jim Harbaugh finally gets his trophy and he's coached six games. I mean, Sharon Moore coached the first three and he coached the last three. And, and three of those wins were against you know Penn State and, and Ohio State. Massive, massive wins. And I just think it's hilarious. If that's the way the Jim Harbaugh story ends, where he probably moves on to the NFL because of all the stuff going on here... Um, I think laughter is the, the quite the, the the proper response, saying, "You know, what, they they made this Michigan against the world. They even said they're America's team, despite all the stuff going on with stallions and and, and different allegations, which is hilarious." So, I just find the Michigan stuff funny as heck, and maybe that's a, an immature response. <laughs> um, but it it's just uh, it, it the story has just been like you can't you can't read enough of it. It's like something. Something new happens every day that is just like weird or um, you know, something that causes a lot of trauma. And I'm all here. I'm here for it. I'm eating popcorn all the time. At least you're laughing. At I'm least laughing. you're laughing.
1: I mean, I'm laughing. you wouldn't be laughing if the Dolphins didn't win and if the Husker basketball team wasn't 7 0. You wouldn't be laughing, but you are on a Monday. Yes. Jake Sorensen in tonight from 93.7, the ticket. He's on in Lincoln with Steve Sipple in the mornings. Jake, always good, man. Thanks for hopping on. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Nate. Take Appreciate care. the time. Jake Sorensen on from Lincoln. 93.7 The Ticket. Covers the Huskers. Uh, his morning show on 93.7 The Ticket. Downtown Lincoln. He's on Twitter. X at 937. Jake Sorensen. Good stuff on a Monday. Continues with FCS playoff talk. How good a shape is USD in? They play Sacramento State Saturday. South Dakota State, I'm not worried about them. They're, they're going to roll. But what about this team? They're leaving FCS football. They're going to the FBS. What does this mean for FCS football moving forward? Sam Herter's on the way. FCS National College football writer, in next.
0: You're listening to The Nate Brown Show. Follow us and watch the show live on Twitter
9: at Nate Brown Show. Incredible offers continue on new professional-grade GMC trucks at Spearfish GMC. Up to $6,000 cash back on select new Sierra 1500 models. And now available in stock, the all-new first-edition Hummer EV SUV. This is an original production model with very limited availability nationwide. See Spearfish GMC Cadillac online at spearfishmotors.com.
0: Do you find yourself in a difficult legal situation? Whether it's a DUI, criminal charges, or an injury case, you need the right lawyer on your side. That's where Wrench Law comes in. With over 30 years of experience, Tim Wrench is a trial lawyer who knows the ins and outs of the legal system. Tim specializes in helping people in a jury trial get the best possible outcome for the case. Don't let legal troubles get in the way of your life. Contact Wrench Law today and get the help you need to move forward. Wrench Law, who you need when you're caught in a bind. Call 605 341 11
10: 11. Hi, this is Dr. Dan Jensen at Physio. We want to be your trusted partner for physical therapy, athlete development, and sports rehab. As the official strength and conditioning partners for Stevens, Central, Douglas, and the Rapid City Rush, our team at Physio is building the best athletes in the Black Hills. If you have an athlete in the family, we offer long-term athlete development at affordable prices for middle and high school students. We also have the only board-certified sports PT in Rapid City. At our brand new facility, Physio is ready to help you perform at your best. One-on-one physical therapy, athlete development, and sports rehab, all at one place. Get started at bhphysio.com.
11: Hey, this is Rob Parker from The Odd Couple. Don't miss our show weeknights from 6 to 8 p.m. right here on Fox Sports Rapid City. And now we'll send you back to Rapid City Sports
9: Talk Show, The Nate Brown Show. I
13: met you in somebody's.
1: Welcome back in the Nate Brown Show busy on a Monday that's how we like it back for a full week ready to go on Fox Sports Rapid City the Nate Brown Show live four to six if you miss some of the shows, some of the guests go to the Nate Brown Show podcast all of the guests right there who appears and when so you can listen to the podcast fast forward rewind download it where you find your podcast Apple Google Spotify Amazon SoundCloud wherever you get your podcast the Nate Brown Show podcast available busy show tonight Sam Herders on FC FCS national writer, Herosports.com, BetMGM, covering the FCS playoffs. Sam, good to have you back. How are you?
13: I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me.
1: Well, I appreciate your time. You did a good job covering the first round and all the games going on. So before I get to the playoff scenario, USD and this matchup, Sacramento State, I think I'm kind of interested in that one. I think South Dakota State's going to roll. But I want to get to this story out today. FCS football in the headlines for Delaware. Delaware is going to go to the Conference USA. So Delaware's been FCS, pretty good program, right? The Blue Hens, they, they've been in the mix. And so Delaware's been in talks, that's the reporting. They're going to go FBS and go to the Conference USA. So we've seen it, Sam Houston, James Madison. I mean, there's there's been schools. What does this mean for the FCS scene just becomes, I guess, more top heavy. It, it already seems that way. What's your reaction?
13: Yeah, I think you can look at it uh, from from two different angles. You know, from the overall FCS angle. Uh, you know, no doubt, losing Delaware hurts uh, the subdivision. Uh, Delaware is a is a quality program. Uh, you know, they, they they take football seriously. They invest in football. Football is kind of the the quote unquote crown jewel or whatever you want to call it, you know, for their athletic department, and they have, they have good facilities and they're investing in all that. And so, you know, losing teams like Delaware, you know, hurts the FCS, it hurts the uh, the depth and the strength of the FCS, and all that. Um, you know, as far as the, um, you know, if you kind of want to zoom in on the national championship picture, I, this doesn't necessarily move the needle a whole lot because Delaware hasn't really threatened for a national title in um, in a number of years. And so, uh, you know, the FCS title has, has kind of gone through, uh, you know, the, the better teams in the Valley and, and the Big Sky as well as far as teams making deep runs in the FCS playoffs. And so from that perspective, it's not, you know, it's not like losing to James Madison, you know, who was a, a legit title contender. It wasn't like losing – uh, Sam Houston, who has made you know a lot of decent runs before they moved up, it doesn't hurt to that level, but again, it still hurts the, the FCS overall, uh, losing a program like, like, uh, like Delaware.
1: Okay, what do you say, Sam? You cover FCS football, one of the best guys in the country covering it, and there's passionate fans, and I come from a state that's off the charts passionate, Montana, Montana State, and I watched those teams over the years make national title game runs and the whole thing. FCS passion is there. But the teams, I have a feeling, are going to continue to change. And the big boy teams and the power conferences and the FBS, they might break off and form their Super 60, whatever it is. Where does FCS football fit in in five years if that happens?
13: Yeah, I mean, the, that's kind of the, the conversation of, you know, what, what, where does this all, all this lead you know for the FCS? I, you know, I think there's always going to be, uh, in FCS, five, ten, twenty years from now, whether it's called the FCS or you know Division One, AAA, you know wh- whatever the case may be, there- there's always going to be you know a spot for the FCS for you know a Division One athletic departments that uh, you know maybe you know maybe they don't fund football or you know football isn't the top uh, you know sport at their school. Maybe they're a basketball first school, but they still want to uh, to have a Division One football team, but they don't want to pour you know, just millions and millions and millions of dollars um, on it, you know, those teams, you know, still can be uh, Division I uh, and still have Division One football programs, uh, and that's where kind of the FCS fits into uh, the landscape. Now, if the Power Five kind of splits off, which kind of seemed like a pipe dream for a little bit, but, you know, that, that seems like the momentum is moving toward the Power Five schools splitting off and, and operating under their own governance structure, uh, that kind of leaves you know, the group of five to kind of figure out what they want to do. And, uh, you know, do they do they keep the bowl system because there's some money there? Or uh, does the, the rest of the group of five, who's like 60-some teams, do they start their own playoffs? Um, and if they start their own playoffs, you know, sponsored by uh, the NCAA or whatever the case may be, are they fine with just their 60 schools and say, all right, these 60 schools, this is what we have, this is our new subdivision, this is the playoffs we're going to do? or do we want to expand our 60-team subdivision uh, with the group of five teams and expand it with, uh, you know, maybe 10 to 15 of the top teams in the FCS? Um, and then you have the, the rest of the 120-some FCS teams, you know, still doing their thing. So there would be, you know, three subdivisions within Division One football potentially, um, you know, whether that happens, I don't know, but it, but it kind of seems like that Power 5 split up is, is maybe looming larger than than what it was a couple of years ago.
1: Sam Herter, uh, FCS National Analyst. Find him at heroesports.com. Bet MGM covers the FCS, and we're in the playoffs, so let's go to this. USD is going to now face Sacramento State Saturday. So the Coyotes get Sacramento State. Could have been UND. What do you think of this matchup? Sacramento State out of the big sky at USD Saturday.
13: Yeah, I mean, Sac State looked really impressive with their win going to UND, and that's not an easy place uh, to get a win. Um, but, I mean, Sac State has been up and down this year. They had, you know, the the, the best FBS win of the season. They beat Power 5 Stanford. Uh, they've also had some some lower moments. I mean, they looked uh, pretty disinterested uh, when they lost pretty big to Montana. Um, and, you know, they, they, they struggled against UC Davis to kind of stumble into uh, the FCS playoffs. And so I wasn't sure you know, the psyche of Sac State, Uh, but when they put it all together, no doubt they are a a very talented team, and uh, they have really good athletes on offense. Uh, They have, whether it's running backs, wide receivers, you know, their tight end, Marshall Martin is really, really good. Uh, They do a really good job of of getting these guys the ball in space, Um, and, you know, they can make you miss. And so I think that's going to be the fascinating matchup, uh, is seeing that Sac State offense and the explosive offense going up against uh, a really sound Um, and fundamentally disciplined South Dakota team that doesn't miss a whole lot of tackles, uh, but Sac State has a lot of guys that can make you miss uh, tackles because they are so good in space. And so it's going to be a really fun showdown uh, watching that one. Give me your game of the week in round two. Yeah, I think you have to go North Dakota State going to uh, Montana State. That is maybe one of the more juicy second-round matchups we've seen uh, in quite some time because I do think you know, NDSU is playing, like, a top-eight team in the FCS right now. They didn't get a top-eight seed, but I think they're playing, like, you know, one of the top-eight teams uh, in the FCS, and the Bison are uh, are playing their best football uh, right now. On the flip side, Montana State has kind of um, – I don't want to say they're stumbling, you know, in, in, into the playoffs, uh, but, they you know, their, their performance against Montana uh, did not look good uh, at all. But we've seen that before with Bobcats where they had a bad loss to Montana a couple of years ago, and then they wanna, they went on a really nice run in the FCS playoffs. And so we'll see if this year's version of the Bobcats can do that. Um, but, you know, you have an NDSU team that's playing really hot going up against Montana State team that hasn't lost a home game since 2019. And so that's going to be uh, definitely the, the most intense second-round matchup, in my opinion. Okay, and I
1: haven't mentioned the Jacks because I fully expect uh, they're going to roll here in the second round, and then things might get a little more interesting uh, for the number one seed in the country. Sam Herter's in. FCS National Writer HeroSports.com BetMGM Follow him at Sam Herder FCS Sam always good. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time as always. Follow him there, Hero Sports. Sam Herder, National FCS Rider, covering the FCS playoffs. USD Sac State, Sacramento State. It's a game to watch. Nobody's really thought USD could do what they've done. Can they get out of the second round? The Yotes take on Sacramento State Saturday. Who's hot? Who's not? Wrapping up the Monday show. There's a new bowl game, I, I, I think, here. They got a new plan for the winner of their bowl game. It's in my who's not. Hang on. This is the Nate Brown
0: Show.
5: I am here with Weston and Tanish Chapman from Black Hills Tire. We're the neighborhood shop for the whole town because we will pick up and deliver anywhere in town. We will do whatever we can to help anybody.
7: It's important to us that somebody can say like, hey, my mom needs something. They need this and I know you'll take care of them. I think that means more to us than anything is when somebody will say like, I need somebody in my family taken care of and I know you guys will take care of them. And that's just because that's community to us.
5: We all help each other out. We can create this community together.
7: Check us out at
9: BlackHillsTire.com.
5: Here's your Fox Sports Rapid City forecast. Mainly cloudy skies expected tonight with a low of 24. Winds out of the southwest 5 to 10 miles per hour. Daytime highs approaching 53. Tomorrow, clear skies. Lows dip down to about 26 tomorrow night, mainly clear skies. Highs of a low around 50 Wednesday under mainly sunny skies. 37 Thursday. That's your forecast on the Black Hills Sports Station, Fox Sports Rapid City. Currently, it's 31.
8: As the Chief Buffet Officer here at Pizza Ranch, I get all kinds of buffet questions. Here's one from Cole.
5: Is there a real cactus in your cactus bread?
8: Great question, Cole. No, (laughs) there is no cactus in our cactus bread. Just sweet, cinnamony streusel. It's on our buffet every day, along with pizza, chicken, ice cream, and all your other favorites. Even better, at least for your parents, kids eat free on Tuesday nights. And don't worry, Cole, there's no coal in our coleslaw either.
1: Pizza Ranch with two Rapid City locations and PizzaRanch.com. Live from the Anytime Auto
0: Sales Service and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and recreation. This is
1: Fox Sports Rapid City. <laughs> All right, wrapping up the Monday show, glad to be back. The Nate Brown Show, we are live 4 to 6, so let's get out the door. Who's hot and who's not, brought to you by the Pizza Ranch. Tomorrow night, kids' night, one child 12 and under, eats free for every regular-priced adult. The Pizza Ranch Buffet, Tuesday night's kids' night. Buffet open till 8. Make plans now. In my who's hot category, who else would it be? I mean, who else would it be, guys? The Denver Broncos have won five in a row, Matt Kearney rolled his eyes, but who else would it be on a Monday? They have the longest winning streak in the NFL. And Russell Wilson has 20 touchdowns and four interceptions to lead the NFL. All right, that's that's it. I mean, that's all. Do I have to say anything else? Anyway, in our Pizza Ranch Who's Not tonight, this is a good one from the Kearney Files. I didn't see it, but we got to get it to you. There's a bowl game called the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It replaces the Cheez-It Bowl. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so Pop-Tarts Bowl now. But the new thing, for the winner, for the winner, they're going to be able to eat the mascot. It's the, <laughs> the first-ever edible mascot. They're going to have, like, what, what does that mean? A real Pop-Tart and a guy... Inside a real Pop-Tart, they're going to eat the Pop-Tart, the winning team after the game. The first ever edible mascot at the Pop-Tarts Bowl. That's just, I'm not going to do that. What type of flavor is that Pop-Tart? Human? That's ugly. Back tomorrow at 4. Glad to be back. The Nate Brown Show podcast going up right now. And the Yacht Couple is live.